Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. attention to the word of the Lord to Psalms chapter 68 the 68th Psalm and then we'll be going to the book of Hebrews chapter number 3 Psalms 68 I want to read one verse there verse 33 to him that rideth upon the heavens of heavens which were of old lo He doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. I want you to note that. He doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. Go with me to Hebrews chapter number 3. Hebrews chapter number 3. And I want to read a couple of different verses here throughout this passage starting with verse 7 wherefore as the Holy Ghost saith today if you will hear his voice and then in verse 15 similar verse here almost a quotation of the previous verse While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Today, if you will hear his voice. And I want to preach for the next few moments upon this subject that the Lord would help us this morning he still speaks he still speaks I know that sounds awful simple and I know that the majority of us should believe that most of us understand that but I wonder if you could believe that he could speak to you here this morning in this service I wonder if you have confidence that God is able to speak to your situation and your need and your life particularly not in just a general way, and I'm, I'm thankful for all the times that God speaks to us in a general sense, and I believe that he does that. I believe that there's times that he speaks to the body or speaks to the church or a particular congregation in a general way. But I also believe that there are times when he speaks directly to the souls of men, personally to individuals that are Uh, in his presence and that he wants to uh, give direction to he wants to help in some way or minister to some need I'm believing he's going to do that here today if you believe that why don't you raise your hands with me right now and let's pray together for the anointing of the Holy Ghost the help of the Spirit of God I thank you Jesus for your help I need your strength Most of all, your anointing, God. We're nothing without the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Everything we attempt, everything we do, God, is vain and void. 
without the Holy Ghost. But I pray, Jesus, that your Spirit would guide today. Your Spirit would speak to us today. And your Spirit would minister to needs in this congregation. There's many that are in need, and I pray, God, that you would work to move upon them. In Jesus' name we pray. And let's worship the Lord again and give Him praise again. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Voice is a very peculiar thing. Scientists have discovered that each person's voice is distinct and is uniquely theirs. We've known for years about fingerprints being unique to an individual. In fact, a lot of crimes are solved because a person's fingerprints are left at the crime scene. And they know and have proved, and it stands up in the court of law, that fingerprints are unique to you. It's also, and modern technology has, has uh, found a way to, uh, to identify this. I am told that the retina of the eye, and you've heard a lot about this, about security clearances and different ways of identifying a person by the eye just simply the vessels, the blood vessels that are in the retina area are unique to you. They have a certain pattern that are truly uh, distinct to the individual. They also believe that sounds, or the voice rather, uh, is unique to the individual. And that sound itself never dies. In fact, if there was some way for it to be captured, sound continues to travel. And uh, if we could capture it some way, if we had some type of device uh, to capture voices, they believe that we could go all the way back to the days of the Lord speaking or when He walked the face of this earth and they would be able to uh, some way capture uh, that voice, if they were able to define that it was Him. So with that understanding, they surmise that uh, the voice of the Lord is still out there somewhere, and it's speaking. But I want to say to you this morning that God still speaks. We don't have to depend upon what He spoke 2,000 years ago, though it's still relevant and it's still powerful. And it's still in many ways for us today. But I believe with all of my heart that God is able to speak to us right here in this room this morning. God is able to speak specifically to where we are at this present time. And He's able to reveal and He's able to show us what we need to do and the direction that we need to take and help us in the choices of our life. The first time we see evidence of God speaking directly to men was in the Garden of Eden. The Scripture tells us that it was the privilege of that first man, Adam, to walk with the Lord and have Him speak to him every day in the cool of the day. Uh, there was a certain time that Adam looked forward to we could say it this way, that he had an appointment with God and a relationship with God where God would speak directly to him. 
And it had to be a time that Adam looked forward to. It had to be a time that, that he knew that it was on the schedule of the day. That this is a period of time that God is going to speak to me. And I'm going to get to hear the voice of the Lord. What a, what a privilege, what a blessing it is to be able to hear from God. Not only was it a time that no doubt Adam looked forward to, but I believe there was a time that God looked forward to speaking to Adam and talking to him, conversing with him, and walking with him in the cool of the day. I believe that God is always, and still to this day, he has desired a relationship with man. Uh, he's never wanted to be aloof. He's never wanted to be distant. But he's always wanted to draw close. His word says, if I'll draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto me. If, if I'll allow him to, that he can develop and I can develop a relationship with him. I can have the Lord speak into my life and minister in my life and work in my life. And Adam had this privilege. There was a tree that was in the garden that God had spoke to them about. He said, you see every tree, every plant that is here in this garden, if it produces fruit or vegetable, it's good to eat and you can partake of it. But there's only one tree that is here, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to partake of that. For in the day that you partake of it, you will surely die. And so that's the only thing that I'm forbidding you to partake of. And the Bible says that uh, the devil entered in. We know that in the form of a serpent, he beguiled Eve and she partook of the fruit. She partook of it because she was beguiled or deceived. But the Bible says that Ab or Adam, rather, he partook of it to, not because he was necessarily beguiled, because God had spoke to him. God had revealed to him what would happen if he was to partake of this fruit. And he still, in disobedience and rebellion against God, the Scripture says he partook of the fruit that God had told him not to partake of. He ate of the tree the knowledge of good and evil, which was forbidden of him by God. And as a result, the scripture says that sin, for the first time, entered into this perfect place. This place that we have described as being paradise. This place where there was only innocence and, and uh, it was a clean and pure and sanctified place until sin entered into the Garden of Eden. Can I tell you that that was a perfect utopia, as it were. That was a perfect place where there was no separation between God and man. But Adam had a special relationship with God that no, nobody could even really, up until the time that you and I experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, nobody could really identify with Nobody could really understand or grasp the closeness and the nearness of the relationship. But that all changed when sin entered into the picture. 
When sin came, separation came. Division came. Can I tell you that sin is still a divider? Sin is still a separator. Sin drives a wedge between a person and their God. It's impossible without the blood to cleanse us of our sin for us to have a true relationship with the Lord. Amen. It's impossible for us without the help of God, without the mercy of the Lord to come into a real relationship with God because of sin. And this is the first place that we identify sin in the Bible. And notice something peculiar here. Instead of their longing for the presence of God, instead of their desire for the things of God and hearing the voice of the Lord, the Scripture says that they ran and hid themselves. They ran and hid themselves. Can I tell you that fear, trepidation came into the heart of Adam and Eve because they realized their eyes were open, the Scripture says. Uh, That clean conscience was suddenly defiled. The purity that was once there was now gone because of sin. And that that they used to crave and desire and long to be in the presence of, and that that they used to long to hear the voice of the Lord, suddenly now they're hiding from it. Isn't that exactly what sin does even in our present time? When, when we are involved in sin, we don't want to be in the presence of the Lord. We don't want to be around the things of God. Uh, that that we used to desire, that that we used to crave, we find reasons uh, to stay away from it because we know that because of sin we're uncomfortable in the presence of God. Because of sin we avoid uh, the voice of the Lord speaking to us because it brings back a time and a relationship with God that we once had and that we once enjoyed. And suddenly because of sin, the way we look at the voice of God suddenly changes. And that's what happened in the life of Adam. Suddenly he has a whole different perception of God. What changed? Uh, God didn't change. God is the same. God is consistent. The Bible said in Him there is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. The Bible tells us that He remains and He is consistent and you can count on Him being the same. He said, I am God and I change not. But man can change and man's attitude and perception of God can change at times. It was Adam that changed. It wasn't God that changed. It was sin that changed him. I'm going to tell you, if there was once a desire for the things of God in your heart, if there once was a hunger for the things of God in your heart, if there once was a longing for the things of God, if you couldn't wait to get to the house of God, you couldn't wait to worship God, you couldn't wait to sing and enjoy the presence of the Lord, you couldn't wait to get to the prayer meeting, you couldn't wait for God to speak to you. I'm telling you, God is still waiting. God is still longing to speak to people. God is still moving 
bring on hungry hearts and people that love and enjoy His presence. It's not God that changed. It's you that changed. It's not God that is different, but it's you and your attitude that is different. Maybe you need to check as sin entered into my world, as sin came into my life, and draw lines of separation. Amen. 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 I'm going to speak to us today from my heart. I know it's Memorial Day and we're supposed to have a little happy clappy Sunday morning, but I'm going to preach what I feel that the Lord laid upon my heart yesterday afternoon. Amen. You'll just have to bear with me. I've got a burden to deliver here this morning. Sin changed it all. You know, I used to, and I, I, I just want to give this little example. I used to take it personal when people would avoid or maybe be curt or rude when I would speak to them. Maybe in the past and at other times they had been nice and we'd had a great relationship, but suddenly uh, they'd become a little curt and, and uh, rude or they would even avoid uh, speaking or uh, being around and, uh, you know, you see them some public place and, and uh, they go in a different direction. And, and I used to take it personal, but then it was like the Lord revealed to me, don't, don't take that personal. That, that's, not, that's not them uh, really uh, not wanting to speak to you, but you're a representative of me. You're the man of God. And so you represent the pastor, the man of God, the mouthpiece, uh, the one through whom God can speak. And so they don't want to hear the voice of the Lord. They don't want to be around anywhere where there's anything that would contradict their lifestyle and the way that they're living. And so the best way to handle that is for them to avoid and them to be rude or for them to to walk off or to uh, to go the other way. But uh, don't take it personal. You're, you're the mouthpiece of God at times and you represent that to them and so they don't want to be around that I remember brother Marler telling me that when he was just a, a boy he said I wasn't doing right and he said there was a in our little country town he said there was a service station he said I, I pulled up the service station with pumping gas and he said I looked down the road and he said I noticed the pastor's car coming he said I threw that nozzle down I run around to the other side of the gas station and hid in the back of the gas station. And he said, you know, it sounds ridiculous because surely he could identify my car that was sitting out there by the gas pump, but I just didn't want to see him because I wasn't doing right. I wasn't living right. I didn't have the right attitude, didn't have the right spirit. I'm telling you, Adam, that that you used to look forward to, that that you anticipated every day, that that you you were looking forward to the time. He said, when I heard your voice in the garden, I was afraid. Why are you afraid, Adam? You used to be glad. You used to be thrilled. You used to be excited. I tell you what it is. Amen. It isn't anything to be afraid of. Oh, but you have become altered in your mind because sin has entered into the picture. I'm preaching here this morning. Amen. You do understand that I'm preaching the Word of God here today. When sin comes in, things that you used to look forward to, things that you used to enjoy, the presence of God and the power of God, suddenly sin has separated you from that. 
That's right. We see it again in the book of Exodus. As there's a man by the name of Moses, he's minding his business in the wilderness. The scripture said he's overseeing a small flock of sheep. And while he's there, he is in the desert place in the wilderness. He notices a bush that is burning. This was not an uncommon sight. If you've studied anything about it, this could happen. In that climate, in that atmosphere, sometimes this would take place. But he did note something different about this particular time and experience. He said the bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed. In other words, when it should have burned out, when the fuel should have been used up, uh, it continued to burn. And he said, I'll turn aside and see this particular thing. There's something special about this. And maybe he felt uh, the tug of God upon his heart, that this is a phenomenon. There's something unnatural about this, beyond physical ram. And uh, he goes and he draws nigh unto this burning bush. And suddenly he hears a voice, the voice of God emanating out from it. And the Lord speaks to him and says, Moses, draw nigh, come unto me. And he said, take off your shoes for the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. Oh, at first, uh, Moses, uh, uh, it had been a while since he had, he had had any real voice of God speaking in his life. It had been a while since he had felt the hand of God in this way. And the Lord said, take off your shoes because the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. Amen. And uh, I looked at that and I thought many, many different things Things have been said and taught and preached about this. First of all, very obvious, he didn't want anything separating him. That is really symbolic of, of he didn't want anything separating him from the presence. I, I don't want anything between you and I. I want you to remove it. I want you to take it off. I don't want anything synthetic between you and I. I want a connection to be made here. I'm going to speak to you about some things that are very, very, very important and I don't want anything breaking that connection can I preach to you that there's things in this world that may not be sin they may not be anything other than weights but they could keep us and hinder us from being able to hear the voice of God that is wanting to speak to us I'm telling you there's nothing more important than God being able to speak into our lives amen there's nothing more important than you being able to make a connection connection with God and God being able to help you and give direction to you and give strength to you this is a connection that whether you realize it or not you need you've got to have anybody hear me preach this morning amen don't just sit there respond to the voice of God amen we need to understand there's a connection that needs to be made when we come to the house of God
Some folks don't seem to realize that. Some people don't seem to get that. They're so carnally minded, so cold and indifferent, so calloused in their heart. They feel like they've heard it all. You couldn't impress them if you tried to. I want to just tell you this morning, I'm not here to impress anybody. Amen. I'm not here. Amen. Because, amen, I'm trying to impress anybody with a sermon or with with an outline or something to impress you that you've never heard from the Word of God. That's not what you need. You need the voice of God to speak to the obvious in your life. You need God to speak to your carnality and your coldness and your indifference towards the things of God. Your worship needs to get fired up again. Your prayer life needs fire in it again. Your relationship with God needs something to shake it up a little bit. Oh, come on. Let's give praise to the Lord. Oh, I've been stirred in my spirit. I've been stirred in my spirit since Brother Lambeth visited us a few weeks ago. And he spoke in the Holy Ghost. Whether or not some of you realize it or even liked it or not. He spoke to you in the Holy Ghost. Status quo is not going to get it. Going through the motions is not going to get it. Just coming to church is not going to get it. There's got to be a connection made. The voice of God has got to be able to speak to you. Something's got to get down beneath the surface and the superficial of your life. And get down to the root of the matter and speak to where you are. You need to get stirred up with conviction again. You need to be moved on in the Holy Ghost again. You need something to shake you to your core until you realize, I need more of God in my life. We can become satisfied with going through the motion. We can become satisfied with staying at a certain level. We can become satisfied with a status quo and just being a so-called saint. Amen. But God, if I'm going to be saved, i got to keep growing. i got to keep going on. i got to keep becoming. I've got to evolve. Amen. With every service. Closer to you. Nearer to you. More like you. My prayer life deepens. My worship becomes more intense. That's what's called growing in our relationship with the Lord. Allowing the voice of God to speak to us. He said, I don't want anything to separate. Take those shoes off. But I, I want to I talk to you about something a little deeper than that. Again, it wasn't that shoes, there was anything wrong with them. You need, you're a shepherd. You need shoes, Moses. Because you need something to protect you from the elements. Protect you from the thorns and the thistles. Protect you from the sharp rocks and stone bruises. You need something to protect you from scorpions and other insects. You need shoes. But I want you to know, Moses, that when you come into my presence, when you enter in... To my presence and where I'm at, there's nothing to fear, but this is a safe place. And everything's going to be all right. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. 
as long as you're in my presence, you don't have anything to worry about. Take the fear factor out of it. Oh, I want to preach to somebody here this morning. We need to take the fear factor out of being in the presence of God or being convicted by the presence of God or being stirred by the presence of God. That's nothing other than God trying to save you. That's nothing other than God trying to work in your life. You need to say, God, I don't want to come with fear or trepidation, but I want to come knowing that I'm safe as long as I'm in the presence of God. God, it may make me feel uncomfortable at times, but that's a safe place. The preacher may preach to me. He's not just preaching to take my toys away, but he's preaching to save my soul. That's a safe place. I've got to hear the voice of God. I've got to have God. He may be able to speak to me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. This isn't a country club. This isn't a place we just come and cheerlead people to make folks feel good. But hopefully the Lord can speak through the men of God that preach in this pulpit. And we can be challenged by it. And if you don't want to be challenged, you're in the wrong place, folks. You're in the wrong church. Amen. You're in the wrong atmosphere. This is an atmosphere where God has freedom to move. He has freedom to convict. It doesn't matter how long you've been in this church. It doesn't matter what. Amen. And where you come from. Amen. I'm telling you status doesn't matter we're all level at the foot of the cross and we all need preaching too and we all got to be helped and if this stirs you up it ought to stir you up you ought to realize that I need God to speak to me God is still speaking God is still moving Maybe you're here this morning and you've never heard the voice of God is new to you. You've never heard the voice of God. And at first, because you never heard it, you don't know how to identify it necessarily. We find such an occasion, 1 Samuel chapter number 3. Samuel is a small boy is taken by his mother who had made the vow and the covenant with God that she would bring him when he came to years at a certain time, 12 years of age, she would bring him to the house of God and give him to the service of the Lord. And so she does that. The scripture says that one night the lamp had gone out in the house of God the Bible says that the voice of the Lord was precious. When something's precious, that means it's very small amount of it. In other words, God had not been speaking much in those times. Because there was not somebody that was willing to hear him. Because they had become dull of hearing and their senses were not as sensitive and attuned to the voice of God. But now he has this tender child that's came and been dedicated. Oh, there's something to be said for being tender to the presence of God. You know, one of the things that we have to really be careful of is people that have been around the church for a while is that we don't become hardened 
are even a little bit judgmental and we look at things and we analyze things and we can be so impervious to the things of God and so flippant about the things of God and lose the sacredness of it. Come on, it's still precious when God speaks. When God moves and God anoints and when God blesses, it's still a precious thing. And so he lies down on his place to sleep at night. And God begins to speak to him, Samuel! Samuel! That tender young boy that is unfamiliar with the voice of God. He thinks that it's Eli that is calling for him. And you've heard it before, but it's still a very powerful, powerful thought. And that is that he first mistook the voice of God for being the voice of his preacher. Because that's normally the way that God speaks to us is through men of God. And so he goes and he said, Eli, did you call me? He said, no, son, I, you must be hearing things. And maybe he's thinking that this young boy is afraid because of a new place and, and uh, unfamiliar territory that he's in. Go lie down. As soon as he begins to drift off, he's alerted again by the voice of the Lord. Samuel! Samuel! He jumps up. He runs back into the room where Eli is. Eli, Eli, did you call for me? He said, no, sir. I didn't call for you. He goes and lays down. The voice comes again. Samuel. By this time, Eli realizes, hey, Maybe God's speaking to this person. This young man, he, he may not be speaking to me like I'd like him to anymore. But perhaps he's speaking to him. And he said, the next time you hear that voice, don't come back here. But just say, yes, Lord, thy servant heareth. If you're trying to speak to me, God, I'm listening I need this this whole land needs to hear the voice of the Lord. This this whole this whole this whole area. Oh, that's that's precious, Samuel. That's awesome, Samuel. Oh, God's God's doing something. Don't turn that off. I'm gonna tell every new convert here when God begins to speak to you, don't turn that voice off. When God begins to speak to you about your lifestyle, don't turn that voice off. When conviction begins to speak to you about I don't need to be talking like this anymore. I don't need to be going to this place anymore. I don't need to be doing 
doing these things any longer. And I don't need to be putting this type of clothing on anymore. When God speaks to you about that, don't switch it off and, and don't turn it off, but realize uh, that's the voice of God that is trying to speak to me. And I'm telling you, if you'll listen to the voice of God, the Holy Ghost can convict you and the Holy Ghost can work on you and the Holy Ghost can talk to you. And if you'll follow the voice of God and not the voice of just somebody out there, but listen to the voice of God and hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. He can help you and correct your course. Amen. I've known of people that were Unaware, had never been preached, never been taught to them that apostolic folks don't do this. Apostolic folks don't go there. And I believe it needs to be preached. Don't misunderstand me. And it must be taught. It's the responsibility of the preacher to do that. But I'm going to tell you, when the Holy Ghost speaks to somebody, it leaves an indelible impression. And when the Holy Ghost moves upon somebody... And maybe there's people in this room that can go back to a time when God put a conviction in your heart. And you said, you know, others may feel comfortable doing that, but I don't feel comfortable doing that anymore because the voice of the Lord spoke to you. When you become closed off the voice of the Lord, you, you stop growing at that moment. You stop becoming close to God at that moment. You've got to keep an ear that can hear what the Spirit is saying. Come on. It didn't talk about what the Spirit has said, what the Spirit is saying. God God is still speaking. God is still convicting folks. His spirit is still alive. His spirit is still able. His spirit is still able to talk to people about where they're at and what they need to clean up in their life. And if you're interested in if you're not interested in being saved, you can easily turn that voice off. If you just want to be a little patty cake and Pentecostal that comes to church on Sunday morning and says, I belong to Pentecostal church down on Texas Boulevard, then you can be that but if you want to grow in God and you really want to be saved and you want to be right with God you got to say God speak to me oh I thought there'd be a little bit more response to that amen I thought somebody would be a little bit more that's the problem we become dull of hearing that's the problem we've learned how to shut it off it gets too close to where I'm living and what I want to do and what I'm comfortable with amen the voice of conviction needs to come reverberating through this place it needs to shake you up a little bit it needs to stir you down deep in your spirit And I note the young ones, the young ones in this place are the ones that are most responsive. Samuel, don't, don't ever turn it off. Let God keep speaking to you. So if it's the first time you hear the voice of God, it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something to fear. But it's because God loves you that he speaks to you. It's because God loves you that he talks to you about things that you need to straighten up and correct in your life. I know you're not going to hear this preaching like this just everywhere. I know that, that this, is, this is jarring to some people in this religious world today. But God help us to Always recognize your voice. 
And then perhaps, I want to go to the next level here. Maybe there's somebody that you know the voice of God. You're aware of what the voice of God sounds like, but it's at this particular time, maybe, maybe even when you came to this church house this morning, you came praying all the way here. Maybe not verbally aloud, but maybe in your heart you were, you were rehearsing this over and over again. In your mind you were saying, God, speak to me today. Life is closing in on me. There's situations in my life that, that I can't hardly, I'm grappling with it and I don't know how to take care of it and I don't know what's going on and I don't know how to deal and there's situations that are bigger than me. I'm going to tell you, life is complex and getting more complicated. Life is challenging. Amen. If you hadn't figured that out already, life has it, it, its, its deals that, that is hard for us in just ourselves and our own ability. And I know there's a lot of people that kind of buy into this whole self-help concept. And I do believe in strong constitution. I do believe in people being disciplined. I understand all of that. But I believe that those are just aids and just helps to win when God speaks into our life and God really moves in our life. I still believe what the book said. It said, unless the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman watch but in vain everything you and I attempt to do it's in vain if God is not in it if God does not anoint it if God does not bless it if God does not touch it amen if God doesn't favor it doesn't matter how much willpower I got doesn't matter how strong I am doesn't matter how hard headed I am amen I'm just telling you it doesn't work I'm a witness it doesn't work I don't believe you can get through life just being flim-flam. I don't believe you can get through life uh, just, just going with the flow. I think you got to have something in you. The old-timers used to say that child, when it was little, little had a little something in them, maybe a little stubborn or whatever, uh, they would say that, that boy or that girl's got a little syrup in their bucket. I believe you got to have some syrup in your bucket. Amen. Something for God to work with. Matter of fact, about everybody you read about in the Word of God that had anything going for themselves, uh, uh, it was when their will became submitted to God's will they was able to do something. But many times uh, they were strong in their own will. That's what's amazing. If some people would ever learn to submit their strong will to God, I just wonder what God could do through them. I just wonder what kind of, you think you're blessed now. If you could only surrender to Him, I wonder just what kind of blessings He has for you. I wonder just what kind of good things He wants to do in your life. If you can ever learn to bend your knee in an altar, if you can ever get rid of that nasty pride and that spirit of arrogance and say, God, it's not my will but yours that needs to be done. Amen. So we find that there was a man that life was, you talk about a man that had some fortitude, guts, brassy at times. Elijah. Matter of fact, he's walking up the road one day, and the king comes up and said, Are you the one, King Ahab, are you the one that's troubling Israel? He didn't think twice about it. I mean, just sharp as a knife. He turns around and says to him, He said, I'm not the one that's troubling Israel. He said, You're the one that's troubling Israel. He said to the king, He was able to take his head off. So he had courage. 
But after one of the greatest victories, a fire fought on Mount Carmel. The scripture says that a threat came that I'm going to make you like one of those prophets of Baal on tomorrow. I'm going to put you to death. I'm going to silence you forever. And the scripture says he ran off and hid. He's hiding in a cave. And the scripture tells us that the angel visited him and fed him and said, Come on, take eat. Uh, the journey is too great for you. You're going to need this. And he's saying to God, almost in confusion of what's going on, God, I don't understand this. I've been jealous for your sake. In other words, I've lived for you and served you and done what's right. And why is this happening to me? And whether we like to admit it or not, there's some of us that have been there. Why? I didn't do this. I didn't sow this. I didn't, I didn't deserve this if you want to go that far. Why is this happening to me? But little did he realize that God was wanting to reveal something to him that he couldn't reveal to him otherwise. And he came out on the preface of that cliff there by that cave and looked out. And the Bible says that a strong wind began. It wasn't just any wind, friend. It was a wind that was ripping the rocks off the side of that cliff and moving boulders. It was, it was an unsettling thing to experience. And, and, but he noted that, that God's voice wasn't in that. Amen. And then just after, just after the wind, there was an earthquake. And I mean, it was shaking everything around him. And, and I've been in a few minor earthquakes earthquakes and uh, that was enough unsettling for me uh, I can't imagine an earthquake that was shaking everything around me until I wondered if the cave was going to close in on me and, and he noted that God wasn't in the earthquake and then the fire came and he noted that God wasn't in the fire but suddenly in the midst of all of this uh, there was a still small voice uh, that God cut through all the confusion and began to speak to him I'm telling you it didn't matter how how confused you are, God is able to speak and clear the confusion out of your head and out of your mind and out of your spirit. He's able to, to, to cause the fog to roll back and clarity to come if you'll stay open to the voice of God. But it's when you become close to the voice of God, when you're looking for some big sign out there, you're looking, amen, for some big tumult out there. Amen, if I could only have God give me this sign that sign. He said it's those of the world that seek for a sign. Amen. And there's not going to be a sign in the last days that's going to be given except for the prophet Jonah. Amen. And what did Jonah did? He preached. I said he preached. You got to hear the voice of God. You got to hear the man of God when he preaches. still small voice cut through the confusion and spoke to him. Maybe there's somebody that needs God to speak to you in some way. God's able to give you an answer. You got problems, he's got solutions. If we can only hear him. And then perhaps as I close this morning, maybe there's somebody that's headed in the wrong direction. You've already made a decision, made a choice, made a turn in life to go a certain way. And you're going headlong in that direction. It's out of the will of God, out of the purpose of God for your life. 
God is able to speak. If we can hear him speak, he's able to warn us. He's able to help us to correct our course. I read about a man by the name of Saul in Acts chapter number 9. He thought he was doing right. In all sincerity, he thought he was doing passionately the right thing. And he was giving himself wholeheartedly to it. You know, sometimes we can think we're right when we're wrong. And sometimes wrong can start looking right. And right can start looking wrong to us. That's why we've got to have the voice of God to speak to us. Frankly, that's why we need the Word of God to be preached in our lives. Over. That's why just, you didn't get it just the night you come to God and you, you receive the Holy Ghost. That, that isn't all you're going to need. But the Bible said He chose through the foolishness of preaching. Active. Continual. Preaching. Not preached. Preaching. To save them that believe. I'm not talking just about sinners there. Talking, that's an epistle written to the saints. You're going to be saved through continually having an ear that can hear the preaching of the Word of God. And so Saul desired papers that he could go down to Damascus and persecute more Christians, and he's on his way. And the scripture says, while he's on his way, that there is a great light that shined from heaven. And those that were with him, they were all affected by it. He fell to the earth from his beast of burden. And he heard a voice, but he saw no man. And the scripture says that he recognized immediately that this voice is the voice of God. Amen. I, I realize now that this is the voice of the Lord. And he said, Lord, what must I do? When the Lord said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, what must I do? I'm in a position to listen. I'm in a position to heed. I'm in a position to obey. Amen. It doesn't have to be this hard, Saul. It doesn't have to be this way. God doesn't have to knock you off your high horse to be able to speak. You wouldn't hear the tender voice of the Lord. You wouldn't hear the preaching that came, amen, through Stephen. You wouldn't hear the voice of God as it tried to reconcile with you. I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. He said, what have I got to do? He said, I'll tell you what you do. You go on. You're going to go blind, but this is going to be a sign to you. When you get to the house of Ananias, who's a preacher, he's going to tell you what you need to do. And I'm going to prepare the way for you. I'm going to tell you, God's got a way of preparing services. God's got a way of preparing the atmosphere. God's got a way of pre preparing the conditions of life and the circumstances of life so that he can get a hold of us. So he can. It's been amazing to me how he'll prepare a service. Uh, he'll, prepare, he'll prepare everything about the service, design it, it seemed like, just to save one soul. That's how much he loves one soul. That's how much he wants to save one person. And I feel that urgency here this morning. Would you help me reach out to the Lord right now? Would you help me talk to God right now? Somebody get into this burden with me a little bit. 
Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Let's pray. Somebody lift up your voice unto God right now. Lift up your voice to the Lord. Come on, I can't hear you. Let's lift up our voice to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So the Hebrew writer says, today, today, everybody say today, if you will hear his voice and harden not your heart as in the provocation, today. He's referring to something that happened with Israel way back there in the wilderness before they ever crossed over into the promised land. Generations, hundreds of years, yea, thousands of years before. He's referring to it. But he uses the present tense today. Just like then, if you will hear his God's offering you an opportunity just like he was offering them and he's still speaking. He doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. But he's still reaching. He's still talking to people. And he's still dealing with people. And he's still quickening people. And he's still convicting people. And he's still stirring people. And I thank God that he does. I thank God that he does. If you're thankful, why don't you stand with me right now? Today, if I can get rid of all the background noise, all the distractions that come into my world, all the other voices that are trying to lead me astray, even my own fleshly carnal voice that sometimes says, ah, you don't have to hear that. That's too much. That's asking too much. That's requiring too much. You only live once. You're right. You're right. You only live once. You only live once. And you only afforded so many opportunities. You're right. To live for God. The voice of the Lord keeps going forth. The voice of the Lord keeps speaking to us. I'm thankful that he doesn't stop today if you'll hear his voice. A friend of mine, Brother Kenny Godare, was pastoring his father's church. He now pastors in North Carolina, but he was pastoring his father's church in Malden, Missouri, many, many years ago. And he said there was an elderly Jewish man that lived there in that community that had migrated to the States as a young child with his parents and uh, set up a shop, clothing shop there in that little town in Malden. And Elder Godare would come and buy clothes from him. He clothed him for several years when Herschel Godare pastored that church and he pastored there for many, many years in the Malden area. And so... One day, when Kenny became the pastor of the church, he would go there and he would buy clothes and they would talk, converse. He said one particular time they were conversing with one another. And he was talking about 
his dad, and he said, You're, you know, your dad is a great man. He's been a consistent, faithful man in this community all these years that I've known him, and I always just enjoy his presence, being around him. And then the man got serious all of a sudden. Looked at him, he said, you know, there's something different about you Pentecostal preachers. There's something different. He said, I could see his tears was brimming in his eyes. He said, you know, in 1929, this man was like 70 years old at the time. This is several years ago when this happened. He said, in 1929, there was a, a man that came through here, a Pentecostal preacher. I don't remember his name. He said he had a, a tent that he set up outside of town there. He said, and he had church every night. Started with just a small group. And he said it began to grow. And he said there was such power and such conviction and such a move. And it was so exciting. He said, literally, bars begin to shut down. He said the theater building here in town shut down. Everybody wanted to go to the revival. So businesses did just at the time of revival, they close up shop. Everybody would go down to the revival. And he said, I've never in my life, he said, I never became Pentecostal, but he said, I've never in my life felt or experienced anything like it. So Brother Godera started trying to press him for it. He said, well, what was his name? He said, ah, I, can't, I can't remember. He said, I, he said he had a he said he had a funny name. He said it had some initials before. Brother Godera said, CP, and the man stopped him, Kilgore. Kilgore. He said, that's him. He said, I never did yield. He said, but I can tell you I never have felt anything like that in my life. And that's been 50 years ago. I'm telling you. The scripture says in Isaiah 55 and 11 that his word goes forth and it will not return void. But it will accomplish what it is set out to do. Can I tell you that his word's going forth? I don't know what. I hope and I pray and I'm believing that there's going to be results from it here today. But you don't make the mistake of thinking that preaching just dies when we turn out the lights. Don't you ever make the mistake of thinking that, that when a man of God preaches under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that when you drive off the parking lot, that's the end of it. No, that, that voice of God is still floating out there somewhere trying to find a landing place, trying to find a heart that is receptive, trying to find somebody that's open, somebody that says, God, I'm here to hear your voice. God, if you're speaking, I want you to speak to me. Is there anybody that feels that way.